This episode originally aired on August 12th, 2022 on the Unethical Patreon. Our client today is hilarious comedian Hunter Collins. Go check out his newest album, Hunter Collins Goes to Hell, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you can find it. Do they have armies of spiders? Is, your, is that where your girlfriend's job is, to make armies of spiders? Like... Um, could be. She actually studies pedophile spiders which is another crazy thing to say out loud you're serious yeah hi is this the private dicks yes it is how could you tell glad i reached you guys i uh found your phone number on the other side of a toilet seat in the train station in des moines and uh i told you that would work rick i told you if i put it under every toilet seat in the Midwest, we'd get a couple of clients. You fuck. You were right. It was written in lipstick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you didn't need to buy such expensive lipstick, though. Yeah, not like by the tube, either. Like, lipstick on the lips, and then you sort of kissed the number onto the lid. Anyways, I was impressed with the commitment to your craft. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask, I've always... I've, always wondered about this max headroom incident this this tv station debacle and i wanted to put you guys on the case see what the what the hell happened there okay what in the sam heck what in the sam heck that, that's uh why i bought the lipstick was because i was looking into max headroom at the time that's cool will you stop putting it on right now it's making me uncomfortable well okay do i look good jiminy cripes why do you make eye contact with everyone so severely as you apply it? Because I can only see your upper body. Otherwise, you'd be staring at your crotch. Holy doodle. <laughs> we can definitely solve this. I've already, I already know everything about this. You know the event I'm talking about. Oh, I've been researching this for years. I've just been waiting for someone to ask. Wow. Yeah. You guys are good. An elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover-ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. So, you guys have never heard of this? I know uh, Hunter said he never heard of the Max Headroom incident. Not once. Nobody ever heard of this? I, I, I told you I heard of it. Sure. I have never heard of it. Never? And I didn't know that whatever Max Headroom is was featured in the movie Pixels. And I have seen Pixels, so I guess that does not bode well for Pixels. Uh, it was Max Headroom came back after 30 years, popped up in the in the the Pixels thing. It was more of an 80s thing. Before we get started, I'll, I'll share my screen here and I'll show you a little bit of Matt Frewer doing some Max Headroom here. It's a Dutch name, correct? Headroom. 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 Yeah, it's it's made up as shit. It's actually like a... What? Yeah, we'll get we'll get to what it comes from, but it's it's just stupid. Made it's up, made up. Makes up a name. <laughs> Every name is made up, Hunter. Every single name. I, I gotta talk to Madonna about this. <laughs> this is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to a trailer to one of the greatest epics ever produced in the history of television. And there's more, because you are going to see it as well. Yes, it. Yes, it. Yes. Namely, the Max Hedrum story. <gasps> and afterwards, that is directly following, I want to talk to you about something even bigger. Namely, my, my Max Hedrum. So! Sit back. Relax. And enjoy. 
my film. Okay, just by that guy's voice, do you know who Matt Furrer is now? Just you could see him kind of. Like, do you know that guy? Yeah, he's the leader of that Nexium cult. (laughs) He kind of looks like Keith Raniere. And I want to join. He's convincing. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is uh the 80s were fucking weird. I'll suck you off, Max. Just say the word. Wait, I just need to say one thing before you continue. I told you earlier today that I was feeling like shit, so I was going to take Delta 8 gummies so that my body didn't feel like shit. <laughs> you did not warn me how fucking trippy that was going to be. <laughs> I'm saying, I don't know why you're, you're underselling this so much. It's very, very bizarre, especially when you're talking it happened 40 fucking years ago. Yeah, that was an actual TV show, though. Okay, basically in the 80s, MTV was super popular in America. So Channel 4 in the UK wanted to emulate the success. But in typical British fashion, they just wanted to go against the grain and do like the polar opposite of like a VJ. They did minimum headroom? Yeah. <laughs> no, this is this is Amer- this is UK actually. It's a it's a Canadian guy who did was starring in the the UK version of that. So yeah, they wanted to do the opposite of a VJ, so they wanted to do some like introduce music videos they wanted to do like bumper videos is what they were calling it they wanted to do like kind of an animation just a little mini thing and then to play the music video but they wanted to get like the most boring guy possible like a guy in a suit white guy in a suit slick back hair kind of like a dad you know and then your dad teaching you about youth culture so that's like the hilarious part of it like oh look at how funny it is yeah, everyone knows how dads look all plasticky and Yes, with peanut butter heads. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I also, when when they're like, go to bed, go to bed, go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. <laughs> Dad yeah, shit. It evolved into this. Like, that was their idea at first. And they wanted to make it kind of maybe an animation or something. But then it just ended up costing too much. So what they did was getting a real guy instead. This is 1985. So they got a real guy, slicked him up put like latex like suit on him like that's a latex tie and everything and like slicked his hair back pomaded it right back and like kind of put like a weird fake jaw on him and then made the the green screen effect of like geometric shapes like shaking around behind him and he's wearing a sun- sunglasses too in most of them I, I kind of picked one where he wasn't wearing sunglasses and this is how max headroom came to be this, this is Matt Frewer's first role after this, he's in Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead. You ever watch Fear the Walking Dead? I don't know if you guys watch that. It's like Logan in that show. Vampire show? Yeah, Vampire. Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, total vampires. Vampires and werewolves. Were dingoes. You're obsessed with Max, Max Headroom, I can tell. I am. I can't stop thinking about him. The case has gotten too personal. <laughs> I don't know if I should hire you guys anymore. This is not going to go my direction, I don't think. You need to be like unbiased. Wait a minute. Was this like his like opening role? This is like the first one of the first things he ever did. He did some other little things. But the whole concept is that he's a talking head and he's an artificial intelligence that would introduce the music videos and be extra annoying in the process. The hence the that's why he's like jibbing out because he's not a real dude. He's like an artificial intelligence. Jibbing out, buddy. That's racist jib you can't say jib now what is jib short for what did i miss in the big city i'm in the fucking racist north i don't know it's short for it's short for jibanese oh yeah fuck the jibanese people though i hate jibanese people the country of japan is beautiful (laughs) you should see osaka in the spring (laughs) osaka where's that is that in the asia pacific too southeast japan yes southeast japan where all the jibs live Okay. All right. I'm sorry, all you jibs out there, or what do we call them? What are we supposed to say? I can't say jib. Uh, 
Jib- I just want to say in, in between 1994 and 1996, Matt Fur also was the exterminator voice in the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Something's brewing there. Okay, Spiders. yeah. Spider theme. Yeah. Sounds right. sounds like yet another uh, child sex ring to me, then. Oh my god! <laughs> you go right to child sex store, uh-huh. pal. If you get that or werewolves out of me, it's one of two things. You know, I'm not gonna be good for nothing else. Why would I need a ring for my cock with children? I'm already rock hard. Well, you see, it's ring. it's sort of like a it's it's not your misunderstanding. It's like a key ring, so you just you connect the children to it and keep it on your hip. And you get your choice as you go throughout the day. Mm. I mean, knowing knowing Stoodle, I assume this is like a dirtbag left podcast where we say these things. Oh, we say whatever we want. <laughs> say whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 pretty he's pretty on the mark with that, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, the whole concept is actually a artificial intelligence. The idea snowballed into a made-for-TV movie to prelude the introduction of Max Headroom, the Max Headroom character on Channel Four named Max Headroom 20 minutes into the future. And that was kind of what I just showed you there was like the prelude to his like TV movie. Now the basic storyline to this movie is that in a dystopian near future, corporations run the world and journalist Edson Carter, played by Matt Frewer, is reporting the news that corporations don't want you to know. And Carter is rather popular with the average Joe and he's making waves in the corporate run near future. As a plot twist, Carter gets in a motorcycle accident running away from the corporations who are trying to silence him, and he hits his head on the ceiling of an underground parking garage after not reading a sign that says, quote, Max Headroom, 2.3 meters. Come on. I'm serious. That's how he gets his name, because he smoked his head on a Max Headroom (laughs) sign. (laughs) Then he's in a coma, this Edson Carter character. Jesus. They don't call me old uh, banged his cock off the side of his gal's labia. <laughs> they probably should. <laughs> not to your name. face. Yeah, not to your face. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the uterus masher. Yeah. So to avoid the uh, investigating uh, the disappearance of Edson Carter, the bigwigs at the corporation say that they can create a digital copy of Carter and broadcast him on every television, so viewers wouldn't even know that he was missing. You would just put him on, and then he could they can control the narrative. Tupac hologram. Yes, yes. I that's where it started. Oh, for sure. wait, wait. For, first and most important question: Is this worth watching? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't ripped through the episodes. People say it's like way ahead of its time because of like the whole corporations around the world. But I don't know. Right, right. That didn't happen in the eighties. This was so ahead of its time. Not, not as, not the the media as much as it is now. You know what I mean? Like social media has made it so it's super easy to just control the masses. Before you'd have to all be watching Connie Chung. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I think Facebook destroying the world probably is better than being forced to watch Connie Chung. (laughs) That's probably true. Is it because she's a jib? Is she a jib? I don't know. Is she Japanese? Is that what you're trying to tell no. me? No. You're, you're just jealous because she gets to have Mori Povich's dick all to herself, Richard. I am very jealous of that, actually. Max Headroom's born from the, 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 the digital copy, uh, but the Max Headroom thing doesn't work properly, and corporations eventually just sell the AI to a pirate radio station, which I find is weird. And then the actual Edson Carter guy gets sold to a body bank 
to sell his organs but obviously he fucking wakes up and tries to escape and he tries to go tell the people what's going on and the movie ends with like him getting back on the tv like edson carter and everyone's like that's boring we have to watch max headroom now and they just change the channel so the corporations win wow dystopia i just saved you guys an hour thank you you're I'll welcome still watch it. Yeah, i'll still watch it honestly uh i could be wrong but i just fuck it i'm using a summary to summarize the film you know what i mean like i'm summarizing a summary uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i don't really know i could be completely wrong that movie could be like fucking tits out fighting with uh garbage can people i don't fucking know it could be just, just way more to it i don't know you just des- described rj's family crisis yes. that's right yeah it's <laughs> like fuck he does listen so after the, that was it on tv the day after the movie airs on april 6 1985 max starts to be the pseudo vj for channel 4's television music broadcast at first there's no intro to the show it's just static and then Max Headroom's on the screen, hijacking the signal. And then he just goes like, oh, whatever, we're going to be watching Guns and Roses next. Roses, or whatever the fuck he says. And it goes in. So they're kind of trying to like play it off like whatever happened in that movie actually happened, right? Mm. Even Matt Frewer was sworn to secrecy that it was him acting, and Channel 4 played it off that Max Headroom character was just a digitally controlled VJ, completely animated, just voiced by Frewer, which... After looking at that, 1985, they did not get it. You look at, you watch that, uh, people out there, it looks like a guy just wearing a fucking clay on his face. You know what I mean? It doesn't look real. It doesn't look like a, a animation at all. Hot guy. I don't know, man. People were way stupider just the further back you go. Like, even like, everyone thought the Blair Witch was real. Yeah. And that was way yeah. later than Max Headroom. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like the first of anything, right? Like, like this pilot episode of, of Max Headroom won a BAFTA for graphics in 1986. Like, it fucking won awards. They thought it was actual animation. Well, stop shitting on them then. Those poor idiots didn't know. (laughs) Uh, I'm allowed to shit on idiots. I mean, that shit still happens today. Like, this definitely was ahead of its time. The Russians just got caught with one of their, like, uh, their automatic robots that was, like, super advanced was just some dude in a robot suit. Oh, yeah? That's hilarious. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's super funny. I, know that. <laughs> I love Russians. They're so funny. Except when they're killing Ukrainians. Sorry, uh, sorry, Hunter. Thank you. It'd be funny if it was like some guy who just can't get laid, so he poses as like a sex robot just to, <laughs> just to get some in him. Yeah. I am so horny right now. <laughs> Please touch my robo penis that is made of human flesh. <laughs> I feel like people wouldn't be polite to a sex robot though. Like that's true. <laughs> I just I just feel like it's a great way for that to backfire. Like I'm gonna get so many chicks and then he's just getting fucking bottomed out on the daily by the roughest lovers. With no respect for it because hey, it's not a human. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. You little fuck. Stop. Oh yeah, it's telling me to stop. <laughs> just keep going. Yeah. The worst part about that is working in tech and knowing how those will eventually be engineered. I know that everybody's going to have like a learning feature. So that robot is just going to forever suffer learning more and more about whoever they're fucking. That's why you got to be nice to your toasters and shit. Cause they're yeah. So if you're not nice to that robot, hmm. Oh, they're coming for us. You got to be good to that. If you get a sex robot, and especially if it's kind of AI, fuck yeah, you'd be nice to that. You bring it out to dinner and shit. You'd be nice to it. I just I leveled up and how afraid of Rick I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
walk down my driveway. <laughs> so what I just showed you was a complete success. The show was a fucking huge success. Doubled Channel 4's viewership in just a month. The second season was picked up in America on Cinemax, and the format changed a bit. The new Max Headroom show was filmed in front of a live studio audience, with Frewer never actually being in the room, just the television screens where he interacted with the audience and introduced music videos. After that, he became a Coca-Cola spokesperson, where Max would use the catchphrase, taste the wave. Do you remember that one? Taste the wave? Am, am I nearly 40 years old? Is that what you're asking? I am. Because the answer is uh, no. Hunter is, so fuck you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't remember that. I'm more of an RC guy. I see that. I see that. Plus, you're from Quebec, so everything was ST, ST, ST. <laughs> Good la vague. <laughs> yeah, so then they had a couple more seasons, and that was pretty much the end for Max Headroom. It wasn't like this huge, long-running thing. It was only a couple of years. In 1987, American television giant ABC picked up Max Headroom for a dramatic series, but that also didn't last long. From 1985 to 1988, that was pretty much the run for Max Headroom, uh, except for a couple role revivals in recent years. Eminem played wore his fucking head in one of his videos, and he uh. was in that Pixels. Even though he didn't last long, it burned bright. Max Headroom did inspire a pretty crazy event that hasn't been solved to this day. Oh, okay. I was lost on this fucking mystery. Here's the mystery. Here it comes. Uh, on November 22nd, 1987 which was a Sunday in Chicago. Sportscaster Dan Roan was reporting the highlights from the Bears' victory over the Detroit Lions. The sportscast was during the regular slot at WGN-TV's 9 o'clock news segment. This is just a little side thing that's going to be important later. WGN stands for World's Greatest Newspaper, uh, a term borrowed from the early days of the Chicago Tribune, which owned WGN. The news segment went by without a hitch. Then the sports started. Rowan was, uh, was on a roll talking highlights from the game earlier in the day. And at 9.14, the signal flickered into this. 15-0 Bears, then the defense, which hadn't put up a sack in 12 quarters, finally did. Just somebody wearing a Max Headroom fucking mask. Uh, cut to black. Max Headroom mask and that noise starts. And somebody just moving some lot, some like steel grating behind it back and forth in a clock, clockwise, counterclockwise. Oh, wait. Well, if you're wondering what's happened, <laughs> so am I. Actually, the computer that we have running our news from time to time took off and went wild. So what we're going to do is start over from the top of the bears. I love it. I love how Dan Rohn's a complete professional. You know, just her computer fucked up, guys. That that wasn't your computer. The way in the 80s, they just like gave computers so so much credit. Yeah. You know, it's like, sure. mm -hmm. hey, I, computer drank my beer, finished all my beer. <laughs> the computer. And uh, my kids don't really look like me because the computer came in and fucked my wife. Oh, uh... uh, yeah. So, yeah, the, I'll summarize this for a listener just real quick. Uh, so, behind the headroom, the classic geometric shapes, which are rotating back and forth clockwise and counterclockwise motion, except this time it's not a green screen effect. It's just someone holding a cardboard cutout or a piece of steel or something and rotating it clockwise and counterclockwise uh, until he overextends himself and he can't turn it anymore and he just turns it the opposite way. <laughs> All you hear is static in the background. 
So if Headroom was saying anything, you couldn't understand it. For approximately 18 seconds, Max Headroom, quote unquote, had for real this time taken over the airways at WGN TV. For another six seconds, it was black screen, and then the WGN signal engineer switched to a new transmitter. The broadcast suddenly returned to the popular sportscaster who made a brief joke and ever the professional continues his news read. If you're wondering what just happened, so am I. <laughs> Dan Rohn says. We need a lot of more of these Dan Rohns in the world, I think. Complete professional. Really? I didn't like him at all. No? <laughs> you saw like no. three seconds of him. <laughs> yeah, I just I was able to make that snap decision just based on that. <laughs> he's a sports guy are you a sports yeah. guy that's probably why you're not i'm 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 not but i don't i doesn't i don't judge people based on that i just i i'm not that much of an asshole i just didn't like his face oh my god he looks like you <laughs> he looked like he hands what hand washes his own socks <laughs> yeah he he really seems like a guy who like i don't know like like you'd, you'd ask him a question and he'd do that like where he'd just scoff at you first and then answer you like he looks like last week you would ask you, Hey, have you heard Gangnam style? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, right. He's very, very white is what you're saying. Very white. <laughs> yeah. He's so behind. Yeah. What a nerd. Yeah. This is 1987. So he's behind because it is behind. Yeah. But even back then he would be oh, like, man. Did you know you can play double dragon on a little thing like this? You know, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He come up to you and be like, "Guys, I just heard about cocaine, and <laughs> let me be the one to introduce you to it." So, right after the the intrusion, calls from viewers began flooding the offices of WGN TV, and their staff began investigating what just happened, who did this, and more importantly, how. Station engineers immediately thought that this hijacking must have been an inside job. So the station was scoured, but no evidence of anything of the type. There's no disturbances in any of the rooms or anything. Uh, the signal must have been hijacked from a third-party location. And this is where it gets a little weirder. At 11 p.m. on WTTW, Chicago's PBS station, they were airing an old episode of Doctor Who entitled Horror of Fang Rock. 15 minutes into this broadcast... Almost exactly two hours after the hijacking of the sports cast, Max Headroom again hijacks the airways. Let me show you this one. I hope there's audio. There's this one here has audio yet. I was just I was on the edge of my seat waiting for the last guy to talk and he didn't. Yeah, Rick, you seem like you're on fake weed right now. You should look often with the old ones of your tribe. That is the only way to learn. I'll get you a hot drink, man. Oh, I just made a giant mask and please for all of my greatest world newspaper. 
I can tell a massive electric shock. He died instantly. Right, it cuts back to that. We're gonna break that down. Don't worry. The, um, man, that's that's when trolling like was good. You know, like it's just like some like funny, goofy shenanigans instead of like murdering women because they won't have sex with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. the eighties were sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll break down that a little bit here. That. Uh, I don't, it's hard to make out there's subtitles on the whole thing. So I'm going to go through it here real quick. So it starts with scanning lines, like on a VHS when tracking has been off and then quickly turns into a black screen. And then it starts right away. He says that does it. He's a fricking nerd. I think I'm better than Chuck Swirsky fricking liberal. Uh, Chuck Swirsky is the Chicago bulls announcer who is the WGN radio sportscaster. All right. And then, huh. he, then he picks up a can of Pepsi instead of coke because coke was he was the sponsor for it says catch the wave which was the the saying for the coke campaign then he flips the camera the middle finger which looks like it's like a rubber finger or something right i've also seen people on the internet say it's like a dildo so i don't know mm. what did that look like to you when he flipped the finger was it a dildo or a finger i think it's a finger i think it's just like a rubber finger couldn't tell well Played i have again. a condition yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can play. I can play it. I can, we can go back. We could slowly press pause as I'm doing this, as I'm going through it real quick. Yeah. Okay. So he, that's what he's saying. I think I better instruct Swirsky. Freaking liberal. All right. Oh Jesus! Picks up the can. He clearly didn't plan his props well. Yeah. No, they're terrible. He's always having to like bend over. And it's all pre-recorded too, because I thought it was live at first, but then when I rewatch it, you see it cuts to the guy who's smacking his ass. We'll get to that part in a second, but like, so look at his finger. That looks just like an extendo finger. It doesn't, oh. look like, it doesn't look like a dildo. People keep saying it's a dildo, but like. Yeah, but you can get like, I mean, well, I mean, I guess you tell me, Richard, there's supposed to be these things that fit over your too small penis that make it a bigger normal size penis. I Those are real, never, right? I would never. I like my small penis. Jibs and jabs all the right spots. No, you know what that is? That's one of those Chinese handcuffs. It could be. Could be. You can see like the red and white stripe. Then you get stuck forever. Anyways, it's either a dildo or a fucking extendo finger. Maybe it's the thing you wrap over your cock to make it bigger. I don't know, but it's very small. Oh, it's a Chinese handcuff. I'm telling or you. Or a Chinese handcuff. Extendo sure. yes. finger. You ever see those? It's like those, they're like woven. And they're different colors. You see how it's like red yeah. and white and red and white. And if you yeah, pull yeah. too hard, if you pull too hard, you get stuck. But so yeah, you have to like that's what like, that is. Okay. It's a, right. Yeah. And I'm saying it can't be that because if you put that on your penis, you might get stuck to the woman's clitoris and then you'll <laughs> never be free. Mm -hmm. I like sex with an Irish woman. That one. You should run a few of these off. things by your, your girlfriend, Hunter. <laughs> uh, help out with the, the spider problem. Right. With the forensics. Yeah, exactly. All right. So then he gets... That's a real head scratcher. <clears throat> is that what it is? A head scratcher? 
pulls up. Your love is fading, like singing. Do, do we remember this show, Clutch Cargo? Because he's humming the tune to Clutch Cargo at that point. I don't even know what the fuck Clutch Cargo is. I didn't even look it up. How t- Yeah. It's like his props are all like on his on the ground next yeah, to him he's, and he's having to bend over out of frame like the <laughs> production value of this interruption of the airwaves is piss poor yeah I, I i he's not getting any cinematography awards he's not getting a bafta you know when krang and shredder pulled this shit they would never they would never be caught dead bending over out of frame <laughs> to pick out the new you know drill gun that they're gonna use to would do whatever steal the town's mutagen supplies yeah, so he's summoning the theme of the 1960s cartoon Clutch Cargo and says, I can still see the X, which apparently is a reference to the last episode of Clutch Cargo. I don't know. And then he like bends over, he's humming the, the thing again, and he says, my files. My files. Which, whatever. This is a clue to me, a big clue to me is, uh, oh, I just made a giant masterpiece for the greatest world's newspaper nerds. WGN stands for world's greatest newspaper. So it has something to do with this fucking WGN people. Mm-hmm. And he puts on a glove, right? Puts on a weird glove. Kind of looks like Michael Jackson's glove. And he goes, my brother is wearing the other one. It's dirty. He's like, I don't know if he's talking about Michael Jackson. I don't know if he's trying to say Michael Jackson's brother. Then, okay, let me back that up just a bit. He's then, holding the mask. Yeah, he's holding the mask now. The mask is off, but look what's in his mouth. Is it that fucking extendo finger or the Oh, no, or no, yeah, it's, I think it, it must be my thing that I'm thinking because if his finger could fit in it, you know, a finger, depending on the hand it's attached to, could be the size of a too small penis. Again, Richard, verify for me. Um, <laughs> and I feel like I see, like, the very, like, like the little cleft of a, uh, of the opening of the the penis. Yeah, but sometimes you only see what you want to see, right? Like if you mm-hmm. want that to well, be Well, no, I don't do. want to see penises. It's just again a condition. I can't stop. Um <laughs> so being that it's not willful, I, I do think that yeah, maybe I'm is, right here. This is where it cuts too. So like he's not wearing the mask anymore, Hunter's right, he's holding it. Whatever that yeah. is, uh, the extendo dicks in his mouth and then to the to the right hand of the screen, there's a lady like a she's, puppet? That's a woman. She, the hands look real. And she's... What? Yeah, she's holding a fly She's tiny. Swatter. Yep. Uh, you can only see her from her neck down to her knees, so you can't see her face. Uh, then he says, they're coming to get me. Then Max turns around, reveals that he's bent over with his ass out. And the woman swats his ass very gently with the fly swatter 11 times. And during the last week, she grabs his ass with the other hand. I thought that was I, like a Barbie. Yeah, how do you know it's a woman too? Uh, there's a. It looks like the shape of a woman. No, like I'm. Um, I like, mean, look, it looks like a, that. Looks like a woman's fucking uh, profile. I'm sorry. This Max headroom actually, you know, I'd like to see that ass from the from the back because <laughs> it looks like it's got some shape to it. It it definitely does. Yeah, but it's all made of plastic and. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Robert. the most important question in all of this 
is how many max headroom masks were sold a lot but, uh, like how many enough for them not to be able to figure it out that way <sighs> okay how many people how many people have a receipt that has both a max headroom mask and uh make fake make your penis bigger attachment true hmm? good question <laughs> and a fly swatter and like and a, a can of and a can of pepsi and and like an old t- tape player uh uh what looks like a a four by four no, and this they also have to be they have to be in the local vicinity of whatever that news casting was for the football <laughs> so that shit would have i think back in the 80s would have been done like over the air for the yeah. broadcasting yeah for right sure. so whoever this was had to be in the vicinity of where that broadcaster whoever he cut out the first time was it could just have a transponder module that's true. Whatever gadget we want to make up, we could definitely have that for sure. Yeah, it's just um, you just intercept the airwave, pull a quick uh, AC bypass. Bob's your <laughs> uncle. That I think we can end here. Uh, mystery solved. The end. You're welcome, <laughs> everyone. That basically ends then. It cuts back off six seconds of more darkness before it goes back to the episode of Doctor Who. There was no station engineer at, at the WTTW studios at that time of night. So the approximately 90 second hijack ran its course before returning to the episode. It's not like the transmission was stopped by the engineers like the other one. But was this a, um, a British or American station? It's American. So they were showing a British show in the US and he interrupted it. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. And Doctor Who is is popular uh with certain groups of people over here, but that's what's confusing to me is what kind of audience did this individual think they had if they called someone a freaking liberal during an airing of Doctor Who? I don't know a single Republican Doctor Who mega fan <laughs> who's just like, "Oh, I'm a Whovian and pro-life." Like <laughs> I don't do you think, think those things do you, do you, I, I don't think like and I never really explored this until you just brought that up but I don't think what they were hijacking was really like what show was really involved I think it was just because they could you know it was just that time that they could I don't think it oh was. sure but then then I agree with you except it ruins the fun of my thing but <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah the only recordings they have of this broadcast was the nerds who were taping the episode of doctor who they didn't even tape the, the at the station <laughs> so they had to go hunting down these tapes which i find fun wow wait was it that they didn't record the playback at the station or the fact that they didn't have the control because of where he fucked with the signal there was no one at the station they just literally have it on autoplay till the morning ah uh... so they just let it go like programming from 10 yeah. o'clock till 6 a.m was just or 5 a.m i guess was just play plug and play eight hours of it's Netflix. not it's not like it is today rick when when you have uh netflix on and you just let it play it has to stop and ask you if you're still watching because the guy putting the tapes in for you is getting tired <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this actually isn't the first time the airways had been hacked in the u.s uh there was another signal hacker named captain midnight which i enjoy uh, Captain Midnight was mad at HBO for raising their prices about a year and a half before the Max Head Max Headroom incident on April 27th, 1986. Captain Midnight interrupted a showing of the 1985 Sean Penn film, The Falcon and the Snowman. His interruption lasted four and a half minutes, 
And it was that color palette blank screen that you used to see when it, like when a channel was out. So it's a bunch of dead air. And then it just cuts to like this color palette screen. It says, good evening, HBO from Captain Midnight. 1295 a month? No way. Showtime movie channel, beware. And this goes on for like, he's at four and a half minutes before HBO caught on. I find that funny. He's just pissed that his prices got raised. <laughs> These people are going up behind the TV station, switching out the coaxial cable. Or maybe <laughs> one, it's one of those old Nintendo ones, the double forks. Yeah, for sure. The four. You just slip those underneath the screws, <laughs> plug that into your camera. Voila. That's right. Mm-hmm. The Captain Midnight one happened at 1230 at night. And it was more of an annoyance to the viewers than anything else. The U.S. government was scared that amateur satellite hacking might have a bigger consequences in the long run if hackers could find a military application for this. So the FCC got involved right quick, figuring out the, who the culprit was. They, they got over 200 confessions claiming to be Captain Midnight uh, the day of. Maybe they were Captain Midnight's, just not the right, right one. I don't know. I am Captain Midnight calling from my bedroom like i don't know maybe they work out the midnight i don't know or not it was ahead of their time and it really was just they were all captain midnight yeah that's what i call myself when i'm watching uh the sean penn classic falcon and the snowman on hbo <laughs> at midnight what does an hbo subscription cost now hold on Captain Midnight was eventually caught and it was a disgruntled satellite provider employee named john r mcdougall uh, he was caught because he was heard bragging about the hijacking on a payphone with his friends. Come on. Yeah, like you just go like, Haha, I'm Captain Midnight, motherfuckers. So wait, you can get HBO, sorry, $9.99 a month. So Captain Midnight succeeded. That was twelve ninety five. <laughs> yeah. You did it. 80s money? 80s money, too. Yeah, so he's had, bragging about it on a payphone, so they caught him. Uh, he got a $5,000 fine and a year probation, as well as his amateur radio <laughs> license suspended for a year. Oh, that one probably fucking killed him. That hurt Captain Midnight. He was pissed. Uh, it's actually a very light sentence. How did they find how, how, Wait, wait. How? This is mind-blowing to me. How are we in both parts of the world where we can't block people from sending signals oh, like out broadcasted, but somehow we can find them in the past? Just like... What? You just said huh? that the FCC... Bro, how much Delta 8 did you take? <laughs> did you not just say that they they caught the guy they caught him yeah by digging up investigate like investigating and figuring out who it was oh like, not like the fcc signals no not the signals they caught him because he was talking on a payphone to his buddy saying yeah I did someone it. His friends ratted him out physically heard him with their ears yeah uh, yeah i'm i mistook i mistook what you said about the fcc as they they got involved no, no. and they they did not listen to the phone call somebody walking by was like oh let's eavesdrop while i'm waiting to fucking call in for my chinese food or the fuck and See, well uh, no but rick's tech bro conspiracy ears like just heard like the keyboard <laughs> clacking and was like how did they reverse engineer the payphone in order to <laughs> yeah so five thousand dollars year probation amateur radio license suspended for a year uh, light sentence because hacking television signal was a uh, new crime, no precedent at the time. So by the time the Max Headroom hack happened, the punishments were more thought out and severe. The first guy to get charged with this now felony of a satellite hijacking was a guy named Thomas Haney. Felony. Yeah, it's a felony. Right? Serious. Yeah, big, big boy crime. He worked for the CBN, which was the Christian Broadcasting Network. And he interrupted the Playboy channel with a message that said, thus saith 
the Lord thy God, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, okay, ah, fuck that. You do not press charges. Playboy just does it back because that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> what do you mean? What is Playboy going to do back? Just Playboy play? just takes over the Christian broadcast network oh, for yeah. like a song. Oh, yeah, just yeah. pure messy anal during Pat Robertson. Yes. Messy. That would have been my plan without even a second thought. I would have reported it to no one. And I would have been like, oh, you're fucking getting it. They got him, though. They This guy, this Thomas Haney guy, they fucking got him with no witnesses or proof. They just assumed it was from him, and he was the only guy at the Christian Broadcasting Network. He kind of denied it, too. Uh, so it's hard for them to get the, the the jury to actually convict him. They eventually did. Wow. They only got a $1,000 fine, three years probation, and 150 hours of community service after the jury eventually sided with the prosecution that tracks to me too because like that if there was somebody that they could convict with no evidence it would be that because you know everyone just like looked at him and was like oh this man has never fucked and like <laughs> we're just like boom instant conviction they they railroaded this guy but they wanted to make a, a point right like you can't just hack signals uh, it's not it happens from time to time all over the world really I only couple dipped into a couple of America ones, but there's been some more modern ones, which I find crazy too. Like in 2007, an episode of Handy Manny, Disney Channel Handy Manny was playing in New Jersey. It was hijacked and overdubbed with porn. So thanks, fuckheads. That was very nice to make the little kids watch some porno. That was redundant. Handy Manny. Why? Sexy Handy Manny. <laughs> it was just a, me. All right. A, ha- handy man- Nanny. And there was just a nanny giving a hand jobs all over the place. Well, no, I'm just saying you can't you can't make it sexier. I mean, like that's like okay, so you're the pedophile. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Handy Manny and all of his tools are adults in my book. All right. <laughs> okay. In 2009, they did it at this during the Super Bowl in Tucson. Hacked, flooded with 37 seconds of porn. The the Super Bowl people must have been very happy or pissed. I don't know. I don't know what these Super Bowl dudes would have been like. I I don't know how that would have went. Uh, both ha- Super both, Bowl dudes. Yeah, I don't know if they were all pumped about it or if they're all pissed about it. I'm not sure what happened. Like, what about the guys with the tight pants? Girls giving blowjobs. Come on. I'm not sure. How that- <laughs> Are you a Super Bowl or sorry, a Super Bowl dude or not? <laughs> okay, I'm a Super Bowl dude. Oh. <laughs> Both incidents were handled, and the perps got similar fines of probation. Nothing too extreme; just a couple hundred hours of probation between both of them. So back to Max. That's Hattie. a lot. Like if you imagine you just got to work at the Salvation Army for fucking six days straight, no sleep, 150 hours. That's mental. (laughs) Do they make you do it all in a row? (laughs) (laughs) That that would be amazing if they did. Because that's like, that sounds mean. Yeah, because then every community service sentence would end with suicide. Like it'd just be a death (laughs) sentence. Just like, I can't handle one more old woman asking me how much these bowls are. (laughs) it's written on it in sharpie (laughs) fcc was just as pissed at the max headroom thing they were on it right away fcc i don't know if i even said this earlier but that's federal communications commission they regulate what goes on the airways in the u.s the fbi was by their side immediately after the max headroom thing they'd promise help any type of help they could give captain midnight happened two years before and they were looking to throw someone under the bus for this hardcore uh, FCC spokesperson 
Phil Bradford went on television the next day and told reporters that the fine for interrupting the airways could be up to a hundred thousand dollars or up to a year in jail or both. Wow. That's a lot of money and a lot of time. Anders Yocom, PBS's spokesperson, went on the air and made sure to tell everyone that though most people thought the hijacking was funny, it was wrong. It wasn't funny. It's against the law, man. Then they offered a reward for anyone who had any information. And after investigation, the FCC did figure out how the faux Max pulled off the stunt. Uh, all the perpetrator would have had to do would have had to have done is placed his own satellite dish between the transmitter tower at and at the right time uh, and place. Voila, hijacked. They just had to have the this, uh, I guess, a little satellite dish, the proper kind of satellite dish, and in the be in the right. Space. It's totally a crane ploy. Yeah, it is. The Ninja Turtles did not stop them. It explains so much of the cartoons we saw growing up, though, because there was always some interrupting the airwave thing. That's true. Which was dumb because they would reveal their plans. They're like, we're sending an entire fleet of robo mosquitoes <laughs> to the city, and then it will be mine. It's like. You should just send the mosquitoes. You don't tell everybody. Also, my social security number, in case anyone needs it, is 207. And I can be easily found at this abandoned warehouse where I'm ready to fight the Ninja Turtles. So I, I kind of find that crazy that they just needed some cheap equipment. As long as you have the know-how and some cheap equipment, proper place and time. Yeah. I, I, it's pretty nuts. The knowledge of radio transmission would probably be the hardest part. You know, everything else, just money. Uh, the FCC and the television stations were scared at how cheaply someone could do this with the right knowledge and tools. With rigorous investigation, the FCC did figure out a few things. Judging by the background of the video, the FCC could pinpoint a location where the video must have been shot. Uh, the video had been shot in a district with warehouses that had the same type of roll-down door. If you look at the video, you can kind of see when it turns, rotates, you can see the roll-down door in the background. Uh, but even with the garage knowledge, neither the broadcasters or the FCC could ever figure out who these people were, who took over the airways. Uh, and this is what we're going to be doing today. Many people's names have come up over the years, but nothing has ever been substantiated. So at this point, we'll go through the theories. What's the statute of limitations on this crime for whoever did it? I imagine it's over. I don't know, though. I, that's a good question. So why would you not just be, come out and be like, yo, was me? Probably dead or in jail or something. I don't know. I, I would imagine it's over, man. Yeah, that uh, Max Headroom guy, he's got fentanyl overdose written all over him, man. <laughs> he, he definitely didn't sound right in the head. Not a scrutinous fella. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have any, uh, like, I know I haven't really talked about much. What's what's your thoughts on this before I start getting into theories? You got any interesting uh, thinkings on this? I'll be honest, man. I'm struggling to find the path to child sex ring or werewolves. <laughs> Uh, usually where my ideas fork into one of those two roads but i'm at a bit of an impasse today okay, <laughs> okay. all right you got any thoughts there uh, ricky no i really don't i'm i'm so stuck on how many people live in this area bought one of these masks also i looked up a bunch of those masks his is one of the very few ones that has a white rim around it most of the other ones have black. Mm. Classic Rick gets. But I don't have a theory to form around it yet. And I think that's also because I can't think of a werewolf um, or child uh, <laughs> sex ring. Okay. It's hard today, right? It is, it's yeah. hard today. Yeah. 
All right. Well, then I guess Hunter might have some ideas, and then I'll start go wrapping off some theories here, and you guys can. Oh, it feels a little bit like a watch the world burn thing, only it's mm, more of Joker like, guy. Yeah, but it feels actually more of a watch the world, watch me get spanked by a lady with impossibly tiny hands. Mm. I feel like oh, it was like okay, impossibly tiny on a full-grown woman. Right. So maybe mm. this is like take your kid to work day and he's like <laughs> a, a professional you fucking assholes. You fucking he's a, assholes. No, but maybe this guy's a professional like signal interrupter. There you mm. go. Okay. Maybe Got he's it. like Stallone in that prison movie where his job is to go into prisons everywhere to test how secure they are. And he works there's, for the TV consortium. Wait, there's a movie where Sylvester Stallone got spanked by his daughter? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't find that one in the IMDb scroll. Between, between takes. Between takes. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Well, it's between takes of every movie is what I meant. <laughs> he just has oh. his daughter like spank me. Anyways, so theory number one. This is probably what it is. And it's not very specific, but it's hard to pinpoint. Uh, but I think there's a lot of these. I'm just going to say this one off the top, though. Disgruntled WGN employee. It, it's yeah. or employees, multiple. There was at least three people involved with this, right? Person wearing the mask, the woman spanking, and whoever was controlling the background, tilting it, right? So there's at least three people involved in this. But it, just a bunch of people were upset at the station for whatever reason. Uh, I've never heard a really good reason. I was looking around for it. Like, why? They, okay, you want to keep telling me it's disgruntled employees? Sure. Why were they disgruntled? What was going on? What was the workplace atmosphere? Nothing. Dan Roan didn't work there, though. You guys said he was kind of, he's probably the guy annoying the fuck out of them with his like, yes, we get it, grandpa. The the Game Boy's really cool. Tetris is revolutionary. <laughs> we get it. But I've never really actually seen a really good reason why anybody would be disgruntled there. But they would have had the access to get in. Uh, if they all banded together, they'd have a good co cover story. Like, no, we weren't there. Yeah. What are you talking about? Also, they'd have a good story for the grandkids to tell everyone later on in life. Like, we hijacked, look what we did. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, if we ever figure this out, we'll find someone was pissed at WGN or PBS was behind the whole thing. The biggest problem with this theory, though, in my books, is that lies are hard to keep straight. Secrets are hard to keep as well. Right. The only way to keep a secret is to kill everyone else involved because someone's going to talk eventually. Yeah, this is definitely one of those kill everybody involved scenarios when anybody <laughs> finds out. Yeah. But my point is, it's not that. That's the only way to keep a real secret. If the FBI and the FCC are grilling these nerds that work behind the camera at WGN, they're not hardened criminals. They're not going to be, they're going to crack under the pressure, no problem. So for them to be able to keep that secret working at these stations is nuts to me. If, if they did, if it was people that worked there, Bravo to you guys, because you guys kept like FBI interrogation and F like, I don't know about the FCC, but FBI interrogation is no fucking joke. They will get you to talk. If you do not know how to deal with that, you will talk for sure. There's no doubt in my mind. So the fact that no one ever said anything to the FBI when they inter uh, interviewed everyone kind of points me in the opposite direction, but who knows, right? Who knows? Strong-willed enough people that wanted to keep it a secret. That's where it probably is some sort of disgruntled. What do you guys think about that? I mean, how shitty is the coffee at WGN? Yeah, yeah. Did anyone taste the coffee in 1987? I don't think it's a disgruntled employee because I feel like they had so much better opportunity to like plan, record it, 
and put it all together because like they knew they had continued access, not this low quality bullshit. That's true that too. They put on there. So I, I don't think it's an inside job. Okay. All right. Okay. So next theory then is theory of mine that I came up with, which when I'm reading this, it kind of makes sense to me is captain midnight strikes again to me, the screams captain midnight, you know, uh, he just got off probation and got his amateur radio license back about a couple months before. Uh, maybe he learned from his mistakes this time. He's not going to yabber, yabber on on the fucking payphone. Right. I'm sure the government was watching him like a hawk, though. That's why he had a mask on. Exactly. But I'm sure they went and questioned him right away. And he nicked himself Captain Midnight. like Not like the fucking, like he's not a professional criminal either. That would have been hard for him to keep a secret. <laughs> Um, I think what was really interesting about the two different videos is just the fact that this is how you know it wasn't an inside job because you're not going to talk at all because people are going to recognize your voice. And I feel like whoever it was, which is someone randomly like trying to interrupt it, but not related to the news station at all because they didn't talk. And I think it was more of like, a, are they going to be able to figure it out without me talking and then stepped it up? I- I'm sorry. Mm. How many people in your everyday life do you speak to that sound like that? <laughs> yeah, no, the, the audio is definitely <laughs> distorted on purpose. It's just so. like, <laughs> oh, that's Steve. Steve's here. <laughs> you, don't think, you don't think if like... Good old disgruntled know, Steve. You don't think if there was a family member that was like doing that, you would not be able to figure out it was them? No fucking way. I mean, granted me, I, I try not to talk to my family as often as possible, but um, I still can would vaguely recall a highly distorted and staticky voice that just comes natural out of their trachea. Yeah, I think uh, I think the first one, I think he was trying to say stuff, but he couldn't get the audio portion of the signal hijack to get through. The second time he upped his power, they had a hard time getting him off the air. Or mm. sorry, the Captain Midnight one, they had, had a hard time getting him off the air because he had way too much power. So they had that, like, up the power. They were going to break their fucking satellites. The guys were like, hey, we have to slow down on the pushing the power. Of the Damn. Power. Was it like a like a Harry Potter wand battle where it was, like, going <laughs> back and forth across the air? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that shit works. But I, I do know that there was a lot, a hard time getting the signal across, the like, with the Captain Midnight. So maybe he was having the same issue and just couldn't get the audio through. That was what squeezed through what we heard. So maybe it wasn't even meant to be distorted that much. It was just because of how poor quality the actual signal was. Did they even consider jamming the single signal? Jam the signal! They had like a guy in a, in a van. Get in the van! Get in the van! You could jam the signal! Hack the mainframe! Yeah, Bingo! Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, fucking FBI didn't have the, the mainframe van yet, you know? Damn! Fucking FBI. The only thing that's weird with the Max, or the, the Captain Midnight being Max Headroom, is that uh, McDougal's hack was in protest of HBO's prices. What would be the point of Max Headroom one? He didn't have, really have a point just to stick it to the man, maybe? Like, fuck you, yeah. I'm going to do it again because you told me I couldn't? Uh, and plus, the $5,000 fine alone would have fucked with Captain Midnight. He still would have been reeling off of that. He was a satellite provider. Like, he was a satellite salesman. You know what I mean? Not the most lucrative job. Uh, there's no way he'd already paid that off, so he's probably just scared. He probably wait, wouldn't uh, have anything. If, wait, wait, wait. Captain Midnight was a satellite salesman? Yeah, he worked at a satellite distributor. He wasn't like a... Oh, that motherfucker is definitely involved somehow. Yeah. <laughs> If what Rick says is true and they did drop the price of HBO, think of all the extra money he'd have to reconfigure his efforts. That's true. Wait, so do you think that a satellite warehouse might be a type of place to have one of those roll down garage doors 
could be you have to be in a you have to like they triangulated the position or whatever right so they had oh, to be shit, within yeah, you had to be within a certain spot for it to actually work you're right you could have recorded it in some satellite and then brought the tape over to wherever they went and did the intrusion for sure well it would make sense that he has more power because this dude he, he has a fuck ton of satellites it's true i think i think captain midnight might be involved honestly uh and i don't know if they've ever questioned and is he still alive today uh, go to captainmidnight.ca and you tell me if he's still alive today, buddy. I think it's or sorry, I think it's .com. Captainmidnight.com. That's uh, the domain's for sale. Maybe we want to buy no, it. I'll, I'll just write Captain Midnight website. He has a website. It's hilarious. I can't remember what it's called. So he's alive. Or is it like a tribute website? Oh no, he's like I'm the guy who's behind the Captain Midnight hack. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Yeah, John? I'm just finding a band called the Captain Midnight Band from Nashville, Tennessee. Give me a second. I'll um, no, I'm not interested. I'm just going to listen to their discography. And, oh, uh, I found it. Is it, is it MacDougallElect.com? Yeah, I think that's what it is, yeah. Wow, you're, you're way off with that URL, pal. That was nowhere. <laughs> well, I, I, just, I, I, didn't, I just guessed what it was. It was something like that. Was, yeah, he was way off, but I don't know how I found well, it. Well, you shouldn't have been so specific. <laughs> that's very correct. I shouldn't have been. So wow, wait, this, this doesn't answer my question of is he alive? This is gives me his fucking address. Somebody has the website somewhere. up. I don't know. Is he alive? I don't know. You tell me. He lives in Ocala, Florida, which oof. But should we call? Should yeah. we, call him? we could call him. Yeah, he has his phone number on the website. Should I call him? Let me call him. <laughs> Please call him. Please get through to him. Don't. He's gonna hijack the signal to your podcast. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to beg us to lower the price of the Patreon. You're playing not just with fire, worse. You're playing with transistors. <laughs> the fax number being right next to the phone number is really fucking me up as I'm trying to... We can fax him, too, whatever you want to do. We can fax him, yeah. I'm actually really afraid that he's going to answer me. <laughs> <laughs> Rick's got his weed gummies, heart pounding. All right, I got to yeah, hang up. I got to hang up. That went on so long that my brain went through like 40 different scenarios. You think he's not gonna fucking call you back though, too? You should have just written it out. No, No, he's not. Oh great. Now now thanks thanks to you calling, I'm locked out of my ICQ and I got 16 CDs showed up from Columbia. Oh, I might God. back him. All right, we'll see. We'll see if he calls you back. <laughs> I am the new what Captain Midnight. Fax him with "I am the new Captain Midnight." Release the the reins. He'll, he'll let you be Captain Midnight. Maybe he has a Facebook. That just feels easier. All right, my next theory is another one I made up. Uh, Matt Frewer is uh, Max Headroom. By the time of the hack, the whole yeah. Max Headroom team must have known that the show was going to be canceled. The show is currently on a break and had three more episodes left to air. The last episode aired before uh, the hack was on October 16th, a little more than a month before the hijacking. The next episode didn't air until April 88th. The headroom team must have known the show was going to be canceled by then. It only had uh, only two of the three remaining episodes aired. So maybe Matt Frewer and the headroom team put on this fake headroom incident to perhaps get a renewed interest in the show. Cool. I don't, I don't know if that's seem, it just seems plausible too. Like they're already doing shit like this for the show. So maybe this was like them, like maybe this was all planned. 
You figure if they were doing that, though, it would be better quality. Yeah, there'd be better writing. Yeah, yeah, there'd be a message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There'd be some sort of, yeah, they would have put the props up at waist. Yes, height. hip level. Yeah. Yes. Not just, ooh, I see an X. <laughs> Freaking nerds. I don't know, though. Like, maybe it was Head- like Fruer thinking, like, my career's over now. Max Headroom's the, the peak of my career, probably. I'm done now. I need to be Max Headroom for life. You know. hijack a TV signal. You want to have an important message. Like I'm unleashing a horde exactly. of, of obedient cyborgs or whatever on, onto the mm-hmm. city. Not just mm-hmm. getting spanked by a child. <laughs> Although right, I have some good news. <laughs> I have some good news. All right. I checked the phone number that I called. The guy who owns the website is for his electronics store. He doesn't mm-hmm. open until 10 a.m. Let's just hope he doesn't call me back and ask what I needed. You got to call, call at 10 a.m. Call at 10 a.m. Do an interview with this fucking guy. Yeah, pal. Like, I got to admit, though, too. I mean, I looked also at that, like, product information and all. Saying all the things he does about FM broadcast and fucking cable TV. The man's hurting for business. You're getting a call back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're so right. Matt Frewer and the team, that was the end of that. What do you guys think of that? Eh, maybe, maybe not. I doubt it. It would be better. You're right. It would be better quality. Yeah, yeah. low probability on that one. Next theory is a theory called J&K. A Reddit user with the uh, handle BPOAG posted on Reddit in 2010 that he knew who was behind the Max Headroom hack. BP, I'm just going to call him BP, said that he knew these two brothers and that he was sure that they were involved in the Max Headroom hack. Uh, he named them J and K BP claimed that he and his friends were uh, in sh- suburban Chicago in the mid eighties. They were into the freaking scene, freaking with a pH and it's a combination okay. of phone and freaks. It's a slang term for a bunch of nerdy kids or adults, whatever, who like to mess around and hack into the telecommunication systems. Uh, the culture started in the seventies when people would explore and exploit phone networks by mimicking dial tones with a little sound machines or whistles to trigger the automatic switches to get the phones to do what the freakers wanted them to do. Uh, It was a way of figuring out how telephone systems work rather than to do something illegal. By the 80s, freaking had more of a nefarious nature to it. They were trying to get free long distance, sex phone lines, uh, shit like that. Anything you could just like beep, bop, boop into not having to pay. Nowadays, freaking is still around, but it's it's evolved into like free phone calls to cloning entire cell phones and network mimicry. So this guy, BP, said that Kay lived in an apartment with his girlfriend and they had a roommate who was also a hacker. BP called the roommate M. Jay still lived with his parents as BP claimed he had autism. Even though Kay lived out on his own, he still took care of his brother Jay. BP also said that he wasn't sure the degree of Jay's autism, but it was severe enough that BP didn't think Jay could have held down a job. Aside from the autism and lack of ability to hold a job, BP called Jay pretty funny overall uh jay's humor was often associated with sexual deviance and childishness this is one of the first circumstantial clues that jay and k were behind the headroom incident jay's humor matched up with the lady swatting his bare ass just the weird off the wall humor the video portrayed bp said that the day of the hack he had gone to a party where jay and k were both in attendance BP heard that JNK told everyone they were planning on a big hack over the weekend and that everyone should be watching Channel 11 on Sunday night. 
in Chicago, Channel 11 was the PBS network. Uh, like I said earlier, that was eventually hijacked. The third of the clues hmm. was BP claimed that Jay was jumping around with his conversations. Like that's how, if you would have a conversation with Jay, Kay would have to be there to interpret for him because he would have to take the bits and pieces of the conversation Jay was having with them and add coherence to it. But if you watch the video, it just jumps from like weird joke to weird joke. It's kind of the, the same way Jay would have had to have spoken, right? A bunch of different ideas mashed into 30 second conversations, always. Oh, did it had huge autism, autism energy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does for sure. Uh, yeah. BB claimed that Jay was uh, big into radio communications as well as the freaking. In fact, according to BP, Jay had just acquired a new radio system that Jay said could, quote, hack anything from whale farts to gamma rays. <laughs> the last piece of evidence that BP puts up uh, is that Jay really loved to read the newspaper. In the video, the hacker speaks constantly about the newspaper. So BP supposed that Jay was behind the mask for the talking part. K was the one getting his butt smacked by his girlfriend and maybe M was there with the video recording and maybe moving the background. So that's his, he threw that up on Reddit uh, like 12 years ago. Police actually went and they found J and K and they eliminated them. They were actually eliminated by, uh, eliminated by a guy named Rick Klein. He's a curator of the museum. They killed him? Yes, eliminated in that, <laughs> that regard. Eliminated as suspects, wow. but eliminated in that regard for sure. Ca capped them. <laughs> they were el eliminated by a guy named Rick Klein, curator of the Museum of Classic Chicago Television, and a bunch of other engineers that worked for WTTW and WGN at the time of the hijacking incident. The engineers said that the hack had to be an inside job for one simple fact. There was no technology at the time that could have allowed an amateur no matter their skill, to have taken over major broadcasts like what had happened. These guys say, I don't care what kind of satellite dishes these guys had, they couldn't have done what they did without actually being in the radio station or the, the television station at the time. It makes no sense. I don't, I don't care what the theory is on that. It's just, it's nearly impossible. It's just PBS. I mean, their signal is just hey, held up by a couple of toothpicks and a soup bowl. Like... <laughs> and free donations. If you don't give them but, donations. Yeah, they're always asking for money. Yeah. Free. I don't know. That's the problem is everybody keeps saying that they're taking it over, but it's, it wasn't working like that. Because if you just blast the same channel signals at the other side and it's all, you know, satellite, airwave or whatever... It doesn't matter what the other person's broadcasting if you're just stronger. Exactly. But they, the, what they're saying is that the, the station's so powerful that an amateur would need so much power to, like, it'd be almost impossible for them. They'd have to have so much power to outpower you them. Mean like, you mean like McDougal's, McDougal's Electronics, Captain Midnight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Captain Midnight and the CTN guy both had access. I just had to add in. I was just kind of clicking around his website and I've now gotten to the section where it's him on his scuba diving trip with his family. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have so much to talk with him about tomorrow morning when he calls you. Yeah. <laughs> when he calls me at 10 a.m. and he's like, you called me? Who the fuck is this? No, I didn't. And you're like, uh, how was Aruba? I called no one. What? Your back's headroom, fuck you. He just ruined it out. <laughs> so a couple things about this theory that are weird too. Why did Jay tell BP that he was going to, something major that was going to happen on channel 11 uh, if he had nothing to do with it, right? That same night. Why not mention, see, that's weird that he mentioned only the PBS station, but he didn't mention WGN, channel nine. Why would he only mention channel 11? 
who JK and M are still a mystery to the general public. So maybe they were involved. I don't really know. Circumstantial evidence doesn't help to solve the case by any means. It's just some guy talking. The autism kid probably was just talking. Who knows what actually happened there? They are eliminated by people that seem to know what they're talking about. But I don't know. Did yeah. these happen on the same night? Yeah, the the two the two Maxtra uh, Headland things happened the same day. Yeah, within two hours, uh, uh, one hour and fifty nine minutes apart from each other. Okay. Wow. Two more theories. Theory here is a guy named Eric Fournier. I don't know if you say that in American like that, but that's Canadian uh, pronunciation. Fournier. Eric Fournier. He was born on September 2nd, 1967 in Bloomingdale, Indiana. He was a part of a few punk bands in the 90s, but he was also a surrealist artist. Eric Fournier is the creator of the fictional model named Shea St. John. Shea St. John uh, is like, he made these weird youtube videos but they weren't youtube videos they were like shorts before youtube was a thing he made youtube videos of this lady uh, and her backstory is that uh, she was a model who was disfigured in a car accident her face being mangled and she lost her arms and legs she had recreated her missing body parts using mannequin parts i'm not sure who plays shay in the videos it might have been him she wore a cheap rubber mask, and the whole thing was pretty campy. To tell you the truth here, I'll show you a little bit of Shea St. John here. People think that this guy here must have been behind it because of this. God, what is that? Ah, uh, 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 it's literally that. Um, Yo, put this on TikTok and we will go viral. I'm telling you, this is the now Put someone else's viral video on our yes. TikTok and then we'll go viral. It's just like those jiggle jiggle Brilliant. People. Yeah. All these Shay St. John things, they're like old. They're like before YouTube was even around. Like this guy was making these weird shit before that. Huh. The whole Shay bit was happening much later, like in the mid 90s. He was doing these things like it wasn't 1987. It was like 94 or something. These videos, 96, I think. I can't remember. So maybe this was just an evolution of the Max Headroom hack. Super hacky, campy shit. Much like the Headroom thing. Shea videos are all short, kind of like YouTube videos before their YouTube videos. Forney put Shay in a series of short films that were eventually uploaded onto YouTube. Uh, it's harder for me to explain, so I showed the video. So there are many similarities. Fake prosthetics, uh, very punk rock mentality, weird masks, and just the vibe overall. Even though many people attribute Fournier with the Max Headroom incident, many other people think this theory, like Shay, has no leg. <laughs> His former bandmates say that Eric had no knowledge of how to hijack a broadcast. He was a fucking drunk. Uh, he would have been 18 years old at the time of the Max Headroom incident. Uh, maybe he could have had the knowledge, but no one could attest to that. Fournier died in 2010 from complications from his alcohol abuse. So no one will ever know for sure. Uh, I think this whole theory is just somebody grasping at straws on the whole thing, like finding a guy that kind of had something somewhat similar. Uh, bits and pieces might sound similar, but it just because something is creepy on the internet doesn't mean uh, you made something creepy always. You know, like just because you made something creepy once doesn't mean you've always just been consistently making creepy shit. Yeah, actually, I work with salad, salad fingers. He's a really normal guy. <laughs> mm. i bet <laughs> yeah so i don't know about jay st john i think that's stupid personally but that's that's the leading person is this guy just because of that like i can show you more videos they're fucking terrible we should exhume his grave 
And if he's buried in a Max Headroom mask, all signs mm. point to maybe. <laughs> That's true. That's a good idea. We should we should dig up more dead bodies to solve mysteries. That's um, very true. And without asking questions, we'll just go to the graves and just crack that earth open, baby. Put it back after. No, no, we don't have to do that. We need something for our hard work. Last theory here. Uh, I don't think Eric Fournier or Fournier, as Americans <laughs> with Fournier, uh, is has any type of meh. Uh, the last thing I saw, someone was barking about how this is like the early version of anonymous this is how anonymous began um yeah no no i don't even want to get into that but it is out there that this is anonymous's proto anonymous uh, you know sure maybe but like if this was anonymous i want you to know i will not blame you if you send me an authentic max headroom mask before next episode Thank you, because I've been trying to find one on eBay. <laughs> It'd be so funny if it was him, because he's like, hey, hey, dildo fingers and fly swatter ass. And he's like, wait, I can use my powers for change. <laughs> <laughs> it's a total redemption story. Yeah. Like a weird yeah. little giant. Oh. It's little giants, but of internet hacking. <laughs> I've been the freaking liberal all along. Wait, wait. I think... I think I solved the most important mystery. I think I know what that finger thing was. What's that? Hold on. Let me share my screen. Man, if it's anything less than a penis extender, I don't even want to listen to you right now. <laughs> it's a Max Headroom finger sponge puppet that they sold around the same time that they sold the mask. Wow, 100 bucks for that Whoa. thing? Go fuck yourself. It's interesting that that exists. Yeah. Promising speculation time boys what do you think we'll just get it we'll, we'll hunter's been here the whole time he knows what we're what we're up against what, what are we gonna go with here i know you're gonna try and figure out how to make a child molester so let's see have at it i need answers i'm not i'm not i'm well all right fine uh so okay i think it's the autism guy uh i think that tracks super well light hunters note about big autism energy uh that that is exactly the vibe I got. Um, so may, maybe maybe he did work for, for WGN. Maybe he knew about a secret plot that we didn't know about. WGN. So world's greatest news. Doubt it. What if it's we generate neurotypicals? All right. And they were trying to cure Whoa. autism. And in protest of that, okay, he decided to uh, go after them in a very ineffective way. But he still tried. There okay <laughs> and really 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 though who won because i think there's i mean there's more and more autism diagnosis every day so i think maybe this was a w for max headroom <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to end that that's funny yeah. all right ricky i know you're definitely gonna get a call back from mcdougall so you still on the you still on the captain midnight train yeah no i actually i really do uh, i do think it was captain midnight i i don't understand why I'm very confused about his entire business and the website. And it looks like a picture of a house that is definitely abandoned. Um, so I'm interested to see what I get back. But and now I'm also just browsing on eBay. I might, I might buy a, an open vintage Max Headroom watch for $20. <laughs> and then open it right up and wear it. 
Taking too many Delta 8 gummies and then buying Max Headroom stuff on eBay is <laughs> what I would call the Captain Midnight train. <laughs> oh, J- they have different colors. J and K. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> J, and K, J and K were the two initials. J is uh, could be John. John McDougal. Maybe these are the same. Maybe John McDougal, that website, isn't a guy who's selling uh, satellite dishes at all. That is a guy who has autism making a website. It's pretty mm. fucking cool watch, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job, buddy. It's a cool watch. Steal of a deal on that one. So maybe J and K is just John McDougal, and J is just making a website for himself. That's why it's like his social media page. That's why he's got like his family like scuba diving trying to sell a, his uh, Hawkins wares. Maybe it's somewhere in between. He also, he, he has also had. Um pictures of his other travels but that one was just the most coherent one did he always have a man beside him that kind of looked like his brother he's not in any of the photos it's only other people okay all right what if it's what if that's because he's never taken the mask off and yet somehow no one can place him he's just (laughs) my money's on it's all a jib conspiracy to turn us off of coke and onto pepsi (laughs) i can't believe you said that on this podcast Wow. He was the racist one all along. Yeah. Mystery solved. Hey, come on. I got I got I got a jib friend. I got yeah. <laughs> all right. So we we're, we're gonna go with what are we going with? Autism kid is John McDougal, who is Captain Midnight, who did everything. I got it. Yeah, we generate neurotypicals. I think that really sold me. That's basically proof. Uh cool. cold a cold hard acronym. You know, like uh, yes, I've been I've been getting into acronyms lately. Uh, so it's money in the bank. Uh, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> World's greatest neurotypical. Yeah, I've actually I have stage four hair cancer, and I uh, you know I was just hanging on to get that answer, and now that I have it, I'm just gonna let myself go. <laughs> so sorry. Thanks. Man. You know, I laugh when I'm uncomfortable. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad we could actually fulfill that for you because you didn't have you had six months to live ten months ago. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, you know I needed to know what happened with Max Headroom. Now uh, you know I can get off chemo. That's good, dude. Yeah, stop making yourself sick. Just go. Just go peacefully. Right now. Go right now. <laughs> I just watched Private Dicks and I think RJ's the funniest. What? Come on! Hey there, all you private dickheads. That's probably not the name we're gonna stick with. Anyways, uh, RJ here. I am here to tell you thank you for listening to another episode of Private Dicks. If you liked what you heard, go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere they take your reviews, drop us five stars, say something nice. Also, what you just heard was from last season. If you want current episodes as they're dropped, head on over to patreon.com and search up Unethical Podcast. That's our mother podcast. I was not aware Private Dicks was a spinoff. I'm going to renegotiate my contract. On Patreon is a full 16-episode season more of Private Dicks, uncut videos of each episode, and many more things are getting added all the time. You can also find all of Unethical's content on there, so go listen to that. And... If you're already a patron, 
Fuck yeah, dude. You're the best. So hear me out. We all get different color, but I said plastic watches. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs>